welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one ecumenical page of Talmud every day. And today's page, Sachim 47, well, you know, asks, like it sometimes does, a bit of a thorny question. The Gemara asks, and according to Rabban Shimon ben Gamliel, who said in the name of Rabbi Shimon, son of the deputy high priest, that breaking the shrewbread overrides the festival. What can be said? How does he understand the term for you? The Gemara answers, he holds in accordance with the opinion of Abba Shaul, who said that this verse should be understood in the following manner. Cooking and baking are permitted for you and not for Gentiles. For the sake of the temple service, however, they are permitted. This raises all sorts of thorny, deep halachic questions about really what role do non-Jews have to play in Yom Tov, in, in festivals, especially now that we have so many blended families that have non-Jews and Jews alike. And to help us out there, straight out of Park Avenue Synagogue, is Rabbi Stephen Philip. Hello, sir. Hi, how are you doing? Doing very, very well. And yet I'm anxious about this topic because, you know, uh, relationship between Jews and Gentiles uh, can sometimes be thorny, both historically and halachically. And yet here, uh, the daf seems to open up kind of a an invitation to a sort of inclusivity, I think. So I'm hoping you'll help us clear this up. Absolutely. I mean, for me, my Judaism cannot help but be inclusive, um, particularly when it comes to the relationships between Jews and non-Jews. I converted to Judaism 10 years ago this year, actually. Um, And so for me, my practice of Judaism has always had to consider um, both my family and my friends. my journey as a Jew has not only been for me, but also for those that I love as well. And this is the case for so many people, whether it's because of um, interfaith marriage or whether it's because family, friends, coworkers, other people in our extended circle, increasingly for us as Jews, our celebrations, our um, marking of different moments in our lives is going to include non-Jews as well. And um, I actually think that there is a beautiful strength in this, something that particularly when we're looking at this passage from the Talmud, we see this invitation to bring non-Jews not only into the mundane aspects of our lives, but into, I think, the most sacred, most personal, most intimate moments, Yom Tov celebrations, life cycle events. I was reflecting on this passage uh, and thinking about all the ways in which um, the way that my husband and I mark different holidays uh, is really uh, includes a lot of non-Jews. Uh, one of the uh, things that we do every year is we host a Seder. Um, and at our Passover Seder, I would say about 80 to 90 percent of our guests are not Jewish. The reason for this is um, both because sometimes my family is there and also you know, Passover is a time that I tend to be uh, working right, as a rabbi. As a rabbi, I work a lot during Passover. <laughs> Absolutely. And so, you know, I can't necessarily travel. And also, look, my, my family, you know, they celebrate Easter around the time of year. They're not, they're not going to host the Passover Seder. So, um, so for me, and actually I think this is something important to highlight, is for many people who choose Judaism, if it's going to happen, you have to make it happen. So for us, right, if Passover is going to happen, we're going to have to make it happen. And so we end up having a lot of um, our friends who are not Jewish, and we end up having a lot of my family who's not Jewish around the table. Having non-Jews at our Seder has not only required a deep exploration of the practicalities of Passover, right? everything from the Haggadah, does this make sense uh, to those gathered around the table? Um, does this language still speak to us 
in the moment that we're in now, um, as well as the historical moment we're remembering. And then it also um, makes us really think about what is the meaning of gathering around a table? What is the meaning of celebrating our freedom? What's the meaning of community? What's the meaning of the part of Magid when we talk about leaving Egypt as a mixed multitude? Uh, what does it mean to have been a mixed multitude then? And what does it mean to be part of a larger global American community, a worldwide community, wherever you find yourself? And families that now include people of not only uh, different backgrounds, Jewishly, but different backgrounds from different cultures, communities as well. Were you ever surprised by any question that some of these non-Jewish guests or observations brought up during the Seder that sort of made you see the whole event, the whole evening, the whole night, the whole ceremony in a totally new light? Absolutely. I, I love the questions. The questions are the best part. And I always start off any any kind of Jewish moment that I'm sharing with my family or my non-Jewish friends, I always start it off by saying questions are absolutely welcome. And if not, questions are almost required. Um, you know, we see this in you know, the Talmud itself is it's founded on asking, on being curious. And so I say, be curious about this. Um, and sometimes the questions, you know, uh, my favorite ones are the ones where uh, my friends or family always say, oh, well, this is going to be like a really stupid question. Um, and it's often those questions that really make us think. Um, you know, the questions that might seem really basic or really um, foundational actually get us to explore, oh, what is this thing that I'm doing? You know, why do we do it this way? Why do we tell the story this way? Why do we have rituals in one way or not another? What is this teaching us? I think it's easy, uh, particularly around the holidays when we're stressed and we're trying to get everything in order, particularly on a holiday like Passover, where there's a lot to do for everybody who's celebrating at home. You know, we can start to go through the motions and not really think about what's the deeper meaning behind these things that I'm doing. It also helps us identify the beauty that's there as well. I mean, to see, an uh, example I'm thinking uh, that I just thought of is, you know, I bought my mother a Hanukkah so that we could celebrate Hanukkah whenever I happened to be out for the winter holidays to see her. And the simple beauty of lighting these candles and to see her experience of that as an adult, but with this almost childlike wonder, this beginner's mind, if you will, uh, to be able to watch the lights of the Hanukkah through her eyes and to appreciate the simple beauty of this moment and the powerful message of what it means to bring light into the world at a particularly dark time reminded me of my first time experiencing the lights of the Hanukkah. And I think that's a really beautiful way to to be re-energized, to be fascinated anew with our traditions and with our practices. It's not always easy. Uh, I uh, There's some really funny moments. Uh, actually, a couple, a couple Hanukkahs ago, uh, when Hanukkah overlapped with Christmas, we had the, the Christmas tree up, we had the, the Hanukkah up, on a table right next to the Christmas tree and one of the legs of the table gave out and the Hanukkah went straight into the Christmas tree. Uh, luckily, <laughs> nothing caught on fire. Um, but it's a moment where, that we, it brought a little bit of panic in the moment. It's an so interfaith blaze. <laughs> exactly. It was one of those moments where like, look, it's not always easy to combine holidays. <laughs> Sometimes things happen that you didn't expect. Um, and, and it requires conversation and communication. But I think if you can approach these things with that questioning, curious mind, uh, something that I'm so grateful that my non-Jewish family, my non-Jewish friends help me remember 
to, to continue to ask, to continue to question, to continue to um, say, what's, what's the reason why I'm doing this? And, and why, why am I elevating this moment? Why is this moment different from every other moment? Amen to that. Rabbi Phil, thank you so much for sharing this moment with us. It's an absolute pleasure. This has been Take One, a production of Tablet Magazine. If you enjoy this show, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we'll be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Dafiomi. I'm your host, Leah Liebowitz. Our producer is Josh Cross, and our editor is Paul Ruest. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash takeone or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. I hope we've made your day a little bit more Talmudic, and we'll see you again soon. Music